Welcome back to Black, White, and Grease, and I am Speech, one of your hosts for season one. And we are going to revisit Lil Nas X's, which is the first video, to get into a deeper issue of how silence actually contributes to violence of the LGBTQ community. So last time, I told you that I purposely try to avoid commentary on this issue, and this time, I'm telling you that I'm here to embrace it. So now I decided to take a video that I seen on YouTube to someone I'm actually subscribed to. I really enjoy his content, but I figured that this video was interesting enough to kind of get into a dialogue, to start a dialogue about something that has been on my mind. So I'm just gonna let you all listen to it. So I'll give, I'll give my little thoughts on the little Nas X thing. Um, and actually I'm more giving my thoughts on people's reactions to him because I yeah, do I think dude's weird you know what I mean do I think he's a professional troll absolutely he's master trolling but I don't care what that dude does like what he eat don't make me shit you feel me I don't I don't care um but I, I want I wanted to talk about what I see others doing like I sat back I waited I just wanted to see you know what the conversation was you know and I keep seeing people being like you know, he's, if he wasn't gay, nobody would care. This is homophobia, blah, blah, blah. And to a degree, I guess that could be true. But I do remember when he came out and people didn't care like that because we were too busy riding for him. So he got credit for changing country music. So excluding the Bible thumpers, people didn't really, really care like that. You feel me? Uh, and even now, when I, I haven't seen the video, um, I have no idea what happened in that video, but I could put two and two together. But even now, uh, excluding the Bible thumpers again, and so and a few others, what I've seen is that people really aren't upset at the shoes and the devil dancing, all that. They're more upset that his target audience is children. That's because I've, I've seen the argument like we grew up on. You know, there was Bone Thugs and Three Six Mafia, and then Marilyn Manson their target audience was never children. We listened to it, you know, we blah, blah. We were, we were engaged, but they didn't come out like Old Town Road. That was a hit with, with, with the kiddos. You know what I'm saying? And then like the Panini song, that was it. Adults ain't bumping Lil Nas X. We're not his target audience. His target audience are, are my kids. And even though I don't care because I monitor what my kids watch, I monitor what my kids take in, you know what I'm saying? They're not watching videos. Even when they're on their iPads by themselves, they come bring it to me like, Dad, can I watch this? They check everything because I'm doing my job as a parent. So I don't really be giving a shit what's out there in the world. Kids are going to see some stuff, yes. But if you're doing, if you're on your shit, they should be fine. You know what I'm saying? But I understand people being upset because his audience is children. If his audience, if his target audience was adults, I guarantee there'd be less like backlash, if you will. I've seen, just from observing, I've seen a lot of people's arguments be that it's because he's targeted the kids, he got to chill. And I understand that. I understand that. But I don't like how I keep seeing that the, the homophobia thing is being pushed. It, it, it probably plays a part to a degree. Is that the reason? No. Is that the full reason? No. It's people are like, yo, bro, like, your, your fan base is majority kids, man. Like, Oh man, that's where where I see the beef coming from. I mean, it's just my observation. 
like I said, again, personally, I don't give a shit. And I don't even care when it comes to the kids because I'm doing my job as a dad. So with that being said, um, I just I just get kind of annoyed that the homophobia thing is always just thrown around for the reason for everything. When people have other reasons for shit, you know, like there, there's other reasons that people be mad at stuff or whatever. And again, this is ex excluding the Bible thumpers. They just they be wild. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, just let me know what you think. That's just what I observed. Now, before I get into making commentary about the video, especially on the points that I found really interesting, what I want to do is set up kind of an imagery for the audience. Now, I must say, and I must, you know, say this to you all, I, me, speech, am a Black U.S. American. So that means that the way I see the world has been shaped from the experience of a Black person living in the U.S. And then also what adds to it is that I have roots here, specifically through slavery. We are now living in a post-racial America. And why do I say that? Well, after the historical 2008 presidential election, Barack Obama, a biracial man of Black descent or black heritage was elected as the president of the United States of America. One of the most powerful countries within global society. Now, a year later, this was confirmed November, 2009. Now a year later, this was con all confirmed by Lou Dobbs a conservative radio host. He actually said, we are now in, a tw in the 21st century, post-partisan, post-racial society. On MSNBC, two months later, the host, one of the hosts on M MSNBC, Chris Matthews said about Obama, he is post-racial by all appearances, you know? I forgot. He was black tonight for an hour. Now, many black people around the world and many people who, who are aware about what goes on around social, social uh, dynamics would see this and say, this is, this is bull. Because we all live through it, especially if you are, you know, millennials and you were aware of different things, baby boomers, or maybe even Gen X, the silent generation, right? Sorry. Was like, well, despite his almost immaculate history for a politician and what is not even expected as a black man in America, despite the representation in the position he held within the United States, he, as the person who was perceived as the top dog was castigated and he was dragged by not only conservative media, but even moderate media throughout his whole presidency, every single day, despite behaving like a good responsible leader. So that means that no amount of respectability, no amount of just clean history to protect he and not only him, his children. 
On top of that, racism still exists. Now we as a lot of black people and a lot of people who are aware of things or even a person of color has experienced a certain level of racism in the society. Whether it be subtle or whether it be kind of overt. <laughs> I'm saying kind of overt because it's kind of sarcastic, right? So there, you sometimes you may have people that are just like, man, you know, I hate you, blah, 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 blah. And then other times you may have people that are just like, you need to put up your hair. It's kind of inappropriate for the workplace. On one hand, the person's telling exactly telling you exactly what they mean. On the other hand, it's so subtle that if you were to bring this up to a person that does not experience the same thing, they would be like, I don't understand what's, what's your problem. Like, I think that you're making these things up because they do not walk in the same shoes as you walk. You, you're wearing a size, size 10. They're wanting you to fit in a size eight and other people are fitting size eight. They're just like, well, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm just like, well, these shoes are kind of tight. Why can't they make shoes a little bit my size? And they're just like, well, I mean, I, I, I don't understand. The shoes, the shoes fit for everybody else in the workplace. Everybody else in the society. Why don't you just cut off your feet? I don't know. I know I'm going too deep into this example, but I wanted to set this imagery up because I noticed something. The commentary done by those who are not people who consider themselves religious or make content that is about religion. Maybe they're a little bit liberal, maybe moderate. You know, they're, they're kind of in the middle. They don't consider themselves homophobic. They don't really force their beliefs down other people's throat, whether they be comedians or any other type of people. They're watching this video, Montero, or, you know, call me by your name. And they're just like, hey, here's why I don't really particularly like it. Or here's why I'm dismissive of it. They kind of have the same reaction. One, if they're dismissive of it and they don't really want their kids to watch it, but they don't really have a negative reaction or two, they just automatically just have a negative reaction. Here, here's the first one that I commonly hear is that Lil Nas X makes stuff for kids. His, his fan base is children, basically. And so because of that, you should be aware of what you do. You should be aware of how you should behave. You should be aware of the content that you're putting out there because you know, you understood that children flock to you. So why would you do something like this? The second one is because of the use of religious imagery. It's like you're mocking it. You're using religion in a sexual manner and it's very disrespectful, particularly to people who are Christian or practice Christianity. So let's get into both of them, because from my opinion, even though a lot of people have that sort of same response um, to other artists, I think particularly in this case, it is against his sexuality. It is against his sexual orientation. Now, the commentary that I've been listening to, aside from the negative reactions or maybe some people who 
maybe consider themselves kind of moderate liberal, or if you want to get away from the political language, maybe they are people who are religious, but they don't force anything down other people's throats. They don't really broadcast their particular beliefs out there um, regarding their religion. Kind of had different reactions, but normally it's the same kind of responses, right? So they're either kind of just like, okay, people could do whatever they want, but they're kind of dismissive about it. Or maybe they're just like, this is, yeah, I, I agree that this is not here for kids. Like you shouldn't have done that, right? So like I said, the first thing is that they are saying that this is not for children. This type of imagery is not for children. Lil Nas X, you know that your fan base is for kids. You have to be aware of what you do, how you act, what you say, because these are the people that are the most impressionable and vulnerable of society is following you. They are following you. The second one is the use of religious imagery and how it could be used in a sexual manner. And it's very disrespectful, especially to those who are Christian or maybe practice a Abrahamic belief. So you're basically mocking my religion and I don't appreciate that. Now, I think that these responses are valid. I think that it's a major concern to society, but I also believe that it is a subtle way to dismiss the experiences of those who are of the LGBTQ community when it comes to having their representation come out there. Now, for those who say that his fan base is particularly for children, his fan base is, is children a lot of times, but his target audience is not for children. Now, let me tell you why. Lil Nas X, Lil Nas X or Montero was an internet troll. He still is. He's an internet troll that I guess has such high self-esteem that he can utilize the shock value that he puts in things. The same thing that Lady Gaga did and many of those before him and her use in order to get negative or positive publicity. He put himself out there. He was on every social media platform. We have to understand that he is 21 years old. Is he a man? Yes, he is a man. But it wasn't so long ago he, he was a teenager. He is a Generation Z kid. That means that he grew up during the time of the internet. If he grew up during the time of the internet, he knows how to utilize the internet in such a way that not even the generations before him, just like the millennials, I'm a millennial, can see the internet. He knows how to work avenues. It is not that he's an industry plant. I know that a lot of Black people like to say that there's a lot of agendas going on. And I understand this, the historical implications from that. But he particularly said that with Old Town Road, that for months he was marketing it. He was marketing it in a way like he would put on Reddit. I, when I was reading, I was like, how did he market this? He, he would put it on Reddit. Have you heard the lyrics to this song? And then it would force people and funnel people into learning about the song in order to find the lyrics. I remember when I was younger and Yahoo Answers was a big thing. And I used to, when 
I couldn't find the lyrics. I would ask other people and people would go search. Now he did it, but for Reddit and Reddit has an even larger uh, audience. So there were many people that were driven to looking up his video and was just like, wow, this is, this is a bop right here. Like I can rock out to this. But his target audience was for people who listen, who listen to anything on the internet. It was like, he put it out there and whoever stuck was stuck. If it's up, then it's up, then it's up, then it's stuck. Now, a lot of people who are particularly musicians, he just so happened to be a troll that was that became an artist. A lot of people who are musicians may already have a target audience in mind, but his were people who utilize internet. So this is why people who are millennials, people who are zillennials, people who are Gen Xs, the silent generation, I'm sorry, people who are baby boomers, if you know how to utilize the internet, this is why that his particular brand can transcend all of those. Because whether you like his music or not, you're going to be aware of it because he knows how to market it. He knows, he knows how to use the internet or apply different skills to the internet that many people don't know how to. He's a, he's a freaking genius, okay? But he is a product of the iGen generation. So a lot of people were talking about how he was on Roblox and TikTok. Now, when Old Town Road came out, I can honestly say it was different. It was different, why? Because he was a young black male, kind of gilded. He was making this catchy tune in a cowboy outfit. This was different because he was in a cowboy outfit. We like to buy cowboy outfits for Halloween for kids particularly boys, we like that whole kind of like Western scene because it is alluding to this era in the United States that is based off of being very American, being based off of patriotism, being based off of this Texan kind of thing. So because of that, because his style was a little bit different, he was a black, he was essentially like a black pop hip hop country singer. It was very different. And he had this, this futuristic music video. He was unique enough to get everyone's attention. And particularly because of how catchy it was, it was a lot of children's attention. The children just stuck. So because he is a iGen, he's a Gen Zer, a lot of people utilize platforms such as Roblox and TikTok. There's a lot of kids on that. A lot of kids use YouTube. YouTube is not necessarily for children. Originally, it wasn't intended for ch children, but a lot of children use it. But these are particularly for kids, but particularly for Generation Z, which he is a part of, Roblox and TikTok. My brother is, he is 19 years old. So he's about two years younger than Lil Nas X, and he loves Roblox. In fact, when he was just like, hey, speech you need to invest in roblox like i want you to as soon as it goes ipo everything like i need you to put money into roblox roblox is going to be a hit he's been playing roblox since he was younger so if you if you're a person that is out there to make money and everything like and a particular audience even though it wasn't your target audience 
kind of flock to your your music, then it's just like, then it is what it is. I'm going to utilize it. They started saying that he was in Sesame Street. Now, I got a whole list <laughs> of people who were in Sesame Street that are actors and singers that are nece not necessarily geared towards kids, but just Sesame Street allows people who people who have kind of a squeaky clean record not and by a kind of squeaky clean record that there's not like super big scandals to come on there and just sing some songs and kind of have children relate to the outside world to relate to different people they have different talents they could apply different talents to different sketches and skits on sesame street and make child-friendly stuff but it's not like their whole career is based off of songs for kids. Like they're not up there singing ABCs or playing in child-friendly stuff. So, you know, as a matter of fact, let me get on my list of everybody who, <laughs> who was found on Sesame Street because there was a lot of people that you probably, you guys don't probably know because you don't watch Sesame Street anymore. You just saw that clip to reinforce whatever you're feeling about Lil Nas X and be like, hey, these people, but y'all forget that Sesame Street peeps things, okay? They try to keep up with the times, okay? Because I remember Adam Sandler being there. I remember Sarah Jessica Parker, the one who played on Sex in the City, definitely not for kids. Ken Jeong, he's a comedian. He was on there. He curses and does different things. Bruno Mars, Liam Neeson, okay? He... Yes, the one who plays on action movies plays on there. Schindler's List, Liam Neeson, okay, Cameron Diaz, Billy Joel, LL Cool J, BB King, Ray Charles, Larry King. Come on, like what kid watches Larry King? Ricky Gervais, Mila Kunis, Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, Emma Stone, Jonah Hill, Tracy Chapman, and Robert De Niro. Okay, all of these people played on, on Sesame Street to, to kind of give a message to kids, but they themselves do not have a, a child fan base, or maybe they do have a child fan base, but their target audience isn't for kids. And that shouldn't matter. As I said before, he is 21 years old, just like Taylor Swift, just like Miley Cyrus, Britney Spears. Artists change things. And it shouldn't be the responsibility of the artist to take care of your kids. If you don't want your kids to have certain things in their faces, or maybe they you, you don't want them to look at certain things, then, then moderate that. The problem is, is that a lot of parents, and I understand that is very hard. I can't empathize because I am not a parent. I took care of my brothers and sisters like a parent, but I am not a parent myself. So I can only understand how hard it is to work, to have to be everything to your parent, especially if you're a single parent. But even if you're in a two-home parent, it could be very difficult to try to prevent kids from watching everything because you already know kids and you already know as, as an adult, when you were a kid, you watched anything under the sun. There were stories about people, kids sneaking into porn theaters in the 70s to try to sneak a look and peek, a, and peek at boobs and, and different sexual content. So kids will find a way. Kids are very rebellious and will find a way to do, to do things. But I think that a lot of music videos 
have a lot of sexual content. Yeah, you kiki and laugh and everything when WAP and different things come on and people are just like, oh, well, Megan the Stallion doesn't target, target kids and neither does he. But kids listen to them. They find it very interesting. They start to do these dances from the top, make it drop, that's a WAP and doing all these dances and choreography and everything. But little do you all know that you're just like, okay, this is this is not for kids. She didn't make it for kids, but it's kind of fun seeing a choreography of kids doing that. Or maybe just like, I listen to this stuff around kids or they, they're just used to watching these kind of music videos. I'm, I'm used to these things. You're not used to seeing a man twerk in the mainstream. You're not used to seeing a man go around the stripper pole or strut it in high heels or even, you know, have have like a little lap dance with Satan. It's okay, particularly when females do it for the consumption of men. It's okay when heterosexuals do it because it's something that's normal. It's even okay when you do it in front of your own kids and you put it on YouTube and have like little imagery and your kids are emulating it. But because you're not comfortable with a man doing the same thing that you would deem acceptable for female behaviors because it's been in the mainstream for so long, then it's a problem. And so what I'm saying is just call it like it is. But you all are just like, he's not making this for ch children. Britney Spears was saying, hit me baby one more time. And it was about, you know, sex. There's a lot of songs about sex. And she was wearing the little outfit, the Catholic. And yes, people demonized her in her day because they weren't used to stuff like that. But nowadays, yeah, you'll let your kids watch. You'll let your kids watch that because it's something that's normal. But it's not okay when Lil Nas X does it to himself. <laughs> Like it's not even to other people, it's to himself. Because we have to call it like it is, it's, it's homophobia. And that goes for the religious imagery as well too. We as society have grown accustomed to seeing hypersexualization of women, particularly for the consumption of males. We are not used to seeing males hypersexualized in a way that we deem it acceptable for, for women to be hypersexualized. I think back to NWA and all of these things that, that when I was younger, different videos that I used to watch. And these people were teenagers making videos like that. There were many teenagers back in the 90s that were making videos that propagated violence. If they were black males, they would propagate violence or performing in, in, in the lyrics that would talk about sex. And these, like I said, they were teenagers talking about sex, talking about killing and different things. But all of these experiences are considered masculine, consider what is expected of a man. As a man, you're expected to be hypersexual to females and express that and express how you, and also express how you can hurt, you know, like this, I'm protecting my space. 
If you try to transgress this, I'm a pop a cap in you. If you try to test this, I'm a pop a cap in you. This is my block. This is my space. So no one really has trouble when talking about violence, whether it is, you know, I, I'm going to, you know, punch you with your nose bone, you know, like mob deep type music when teenagers are promoting all of these imageries with guns and different things. But it, it is a problem when a man is twerking on himself, you know, him as the devil. And I think that the problem is, is that we as Black people, because homophobia runs so deep, that we think everything is about promoting a gay agenda when it comes to not having males hypersexualize females or being aggressive or being like this warrior type. And if they show any emotions, then we call them light skin, you know, light skin men, you're too emotional and different things, or you're suspect, you're gay, you're, you have a little sugar in your tank. I grew up hearing these things. But now it, it's not appropriate online or popular for you to, to talk about the LGBTQ community because it's a larger community. It's, it's a little bit more powerful. There's a lot more representation. There's a lot more people that are just like, we're not going to stand for this. Sort of the way Black people talk about how we're not going to stand for people hurting or saying certain damaging stereotypes or reinforcing these stereotypes about us. So now you're just not going to get away with saying the N-word. You're not going to get away with blackface and different things without either being canceled or being called out. I'm not going to support you. I'm going to withdraw my support. This is how the LGBT community works. Now, you might call it a gay agenda. I call it a coalition. And the reason why is because, especially in our society and black society and Christian society, we have ostracized this community so much or people who are individuals that have these sexualities or maybe, you know, a, a spectrum, they're on a spectrum so much that they were forced to be put out into their own community and forced to seek support from those who face similar ostracization or face similar plights. The way we had to do that as Americans, Black people were never respected within the society. And so we had to be forced, we politically, uh, socially, economically forced to our own enclaves. We had to be forced to our own communities. And that's why with more capital, with more, you know, representation, we were able to build sort of like a community or coalition. That is the same thing like the LGBTQ people. It is no different. When you oppress or push people out, they form their own communities. And once they have the right resources, once they have the right education and everything and the right representation or they make representation or they protest and get their voices heard, they're able to have more power in the society, a little bit more power than they originally had. It is not an agenda. It is just naturally what happens. I mean, even Moses and the Hebrews did that. What I didn't appreciate about this video is that he's saying that it's just the gay thing. Everybody's always trying to call it homophobia. Everybody's always trying to push. And it's just like, when I hear this, I hear 
that you are trying to say that people's experiences are inconsistent with the messages that imply that homophobia does not exist in, in these people's reactions. You're trying to say that people who are gay don't understand the messaging or the difference in responses or reactions to their representation because you don't live it. When you say it's people always trying to make it is about the gay thing, it's not always about the gay thing, it's not homophobia, it's the same as these two white men, Lou Dobbs and Chris Matthews, saying that it's a post-racial society. That because we had a black president, because you had this representation, it's no longer a racial society. You can no long you no longer use the art card, the race card. When a person who is not negatively impacted by the system that is used to oppress you is trying to have the authority or give themselves the authority to speak on your experiences, these experiences that are inconsistent with the messages that imply that this exists. You're trying to say that it doesn't exist, that my reaction is invalid. You never had my lived experience. How do you understand what is homophobia, what is racism, and what is not? If you have never experienced that because you are not of that identity. This is why I gave the Obama thing. You know, this is why the Meghan Markle stuff is being brought up. And this is why a lot of people are saying, hey, it's not even like that. It's not even like that. You guys are making these things up. Because there's always going to be the dialogue between the people that are the majority and the people are, that are the minority about what is going on. What are the dynamics in the society? I see you as you. I'm doing well in this society. Why are you complaining? At least you have it good then you could have had it. And then the people who are oppressed are just like, I want rights like you. I want to have, even if there's a negative reaction, I want to have your reaction rather than mine. Because when, when a lot of rappers have strippers or do certain things or promote hypersexualization and promote drugs, because Old Town Road, I'm not even gonna, it had lean and cheating on my baby, cheating on my baby, lean all in my bladder. That's not for kids. Those lyrics are not for kids, but we are so used to those lyrics. We're so used to hypersexualizing women. So when you introduce a concept that is different, you're uncomfortable with it. And the content that was different weren't that the lyrics utilized sex, sexual imagery. It wasn't that there was sexual imagery. It wasn't even just like there was religion because a lot of artists do that. It was because this man, this black man that we considered the most masculine in this society is shaking his butt and going down a pole. So if we really want to protect children as much we, as we say we do, why don't we actually talk about things that affect kids? How about you kick out all of the, the music, the music that promotes things that are not comfortable with you? If you don't want your kids, uh, you know, doing drugs or uh, trying alcohol, Adderall and different things, don't let them to listen to Drake. 
Don't let them listen to, um, I was going to say Takashi 69 but I know he's canceled by a lot of people. Don't let them listen to a lot of, a heck of a lot of rappers. Because they promote the same thing. Because even though their target audience is adults or a particular thing, ch children are going to listen to it. Don't let them, don't let them do that. Don't let them watch a whole bunch of movies. Don't let them watch a whole bunch of TV shows. Shoot, kick them out of public school. Because like I said before, it's just like when you try to prevent kids from learning about what, what, what is going on in society, they're going to lean to their own understanding. And it probably is going to contrast which you would have how you would have favorably introduced them to these things. Instead of having little Nas X be responsible for taking care of your kids, why don't you open up a conversation? If you don't like gay people, tell that to your kids, okay? And if you don't wanna admit that you're homophobic, then educate your kids about what is going on. Use it as a learning tool and not as something to criticize a person who is just an, a, a musician that wants to express himself in the way that he wants to express himself. Because of the society, you're doing exactly, <laughs> exactly what he's criticizing. Like you guys are making an uproar and he sent himself to hell because he's gay, because you, you know, and he even threw a butt plugs at his head. I turned, it, it wasn't stones, it was butt plugs. Something that is used among gay men to help to help them have a better sexual experience. So just call it like it is. Don't try to go around. It's just, it's the same, the same thing that you're using is the same thing that a lot of people who are white use against black people. You all sound the same, like the same thing. You criticize white people, but yet speak the same language. You're of the same coin. The only thing about it is that who is more oppressed than you? LGBTQ people, particularly black LGBTQ people, people who are of color who are LGBTQ, transgendered people. Those people are even deemed more alternate, alternative than you, more other than you. So this is why we can use the same language on them. It's like double speak. You say one thing, but you really mean another. And if you are of that community, you had these images, you had these things said to you so many times that you could read it. You could read in between the lines of things. You know what people are trying to say without them trying to say it because that's what people have been saying to you all this time to try to depreciate your experience, to depreciate you, to call you an abomination. You understand the mentality of people and how they work against you. And the reason why is because you live that because people use the same responses. So like I said, if you want to really help kids, then this is how you can help kids, right? If you want to really like bring topics that were, would help kids, then let's discuss, let's discuss some things that actually hurt kids, okay? Just like restricting or, you know, um, just like defunding a lot of reproductive health care. Now, y'all might say, oh, this for women. But guess what? Women are the ones that hold the babies. If you restrict reproductive health care, what happens? 
that might cause a lot of orphans on the street. A lot of children, a lot of teenage pregnancies, even though you guys don't want to discuss, you should you should have never had gotten pregnant. Listen, okay, these things happen. It's been happening for the begin since the beginning of time. Deal with it. A lot of teenage pregnancies and a lot of help that could possibly aid teenage teenagers into being better parents, taking care of, of their kids, actually funding things that might support them, infant mortality. Let's talk about things that hurt kids. What about undocumented kids in camps? And I hope that you guys all know that a lot of a lot of people that are undocumented that actually come from these countries are actually teenagers. I'm talking about 14, 15, 16 years old. These are the people that are seeking refuge in our country because their countries, because of a lot of times what our countries have influenced, we indirectly or maybe directly cause a lot of political strife <laughs> in those countries. So because of that, the legacy is a dangerous country that no longer supports kids in, in families and, and work in a safe environment. They're having to be forced to come to a different country that is better able to give them opportunities that, that is not awarded or given within their country. So on top of them being kids themselves, a lot of their kids may be in, in, in these camps. They're separated from their parents and they're in camps, putting a lot of harm to a lot of immigrant families. A lot of the kids of these kids are being brought up in the US and you're having to kick them out to a country or not even that, restrict them from education for being a productive society. They didn't ask to be, they didn't ask to be here. They're just here. So let's talk about things that harm kids. What about, what about losing funding? Because I, I, I noticed that in 2020 under, especially under Trump's administration, there have been a lot of talks, a lot of debates about what is good for economics and what is good for this. I'm just like, this is, this really showed reality of this country about how the dollar dollar bill rules over everything. So let's talk about it. Why don't we talk about how there was a funding loss for Medicaid? Yes, for productive, reproductive care, but then also just food insecurity. A fun, like, you know, they cut funds for kids in school. They cut funds for even food stamps, people who are low income for kids. They can't eat. You're cutting funds for that. What about the domestic and sexual abuse that goes with, on within our families and within our societies? You know that Black women are the highest, the highest population of being, you know, raped and sexually assaulted. Some of them, some of these may, some of these happen while we are kids, while we are teenagers. Some of them may produce a birth of a kid. And a lot of this stuff goes hush-hush within families. Domestic abuse goes hush-hush within families. What about when Facebook had a lot of um, images when they were showing a lot of dead bodies? And I actually heard about people saying that bomb all those kids. I don't care. They were talking about the hospital being bombed up and everything. Bomb all those kids. T 
terrorists in it. They're terrorists anyway. Oh, yeah, we really care about kids within the society. Um, failing to open up schools. And a lot of the low-income schools uh, uh, specifically, see, this. a lot of it is class and, and a lot of it is socioeconomic too. Failing to give funding to a lot of schools. What about that? Redistricting, rezoning, gentrification, lack of housing assistance that affect families with kids. What about opening up schools during the pandemic? What about that? This pandemic that, that is killing almost 600,000 people, you're deciding during the midst of the pandemic to open up the schools. Well, we'll see how it works. All, almost all the kids have coronavirus and passing it to their kids, their adults that take care of them. What about people making it lawful to kill homosexual or LG, people or LGBTQ youth? What about people kicking them out of their houses and they're young, disowning them? What about these conversations? So I'm just like, why y'all worrying about kids and imagery of, of him twerking on the devil? Why don't we worry about issues that actually hurt kids? Because if you're going to try to restrict his I guess I should say his way of how he wants to express and how he wants to be creative on things that are personal to him. Why don't we just get rid of the music industry altogether, the entertainment industry altogether? Because you're really, people are really being nitpicky out here about what can be shown and what cannot be. And bouncing around and going around the bush about what they actually want to, what they actually saying. If you are homophobic, then just say that. Just say you don't like gay people and I don't want to show my kids gay, gay people stuff. Don't bounce around and say Bible thumpers or just people who are trying to force religion down your throat. Don't only say that, you mean it too. Because the fact that kids could say lyrics that are not meant for them Old Town Road wasn't meant for them. Down, you know, they could see it like on the back of their hands, just things, just, just rapping all sorts of type of, uh, types of things, just singing all sorts of different types of stuff by, by heart. Like they don't even need to look at the lyrics. They could go as fast. The person takes a dip in the song, the inflections, they, they, they know all of that. Why? They just listen to it after school. They learn all of these pandemic stuff at, you know, during um, all these songs that were out during the pandemic. They 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 just learned like they, you didn't hear them listening to it in the house. You didn't hear the music videos go on in your house. You didn't restrict that. Promotes the same thing, which is sex. So let's get into the religious imagery. Kind of response that that a lot of people had religion, I can honestly say, is a very personal thing. Like, this is a person's spiritual legacy, I should say. This is how people live their lives. Like, these are the foundations for many people. What they practice, what they believe, this is kind of sort of like the, I should say, the handbook. <laughs> so religion is extremely important to people. 
But when it starts to cross over into a lot of pop culture, that is when people start to have a problem. So many people who are in pop culture kind of take a lot of religious symbolism and utilize it in a sexual manner. And though a lot of people say that and they don't like to admit that this is only the conservatives, they don't like to admit that this is a Christian-based society because a lot of the pilgrims, a lot of the colonists were Christian. I can't say a lot of the founding fathers were Christian. Some of them were just deists. Maybe they didn't have a religion. Maybe they believed in all religions. There has been documented um, evidence that a lot of them were not Christian, but they had some sort of other beliefs that were based off of monotheistic beliefs. But the majority of the people in the U.S. consider themselves Christian, particularly Protestant. But this doesn't stop people from using Catholic stuff as well, too. Catholic imagery as well, too. It's all a part of the umbrella of the Christian faith. And because this is such a thing that is dear to people, pop culture, which is considered secular, often is a it kind of is contrary to religious thought. They express themselves contrary to religious thought. It's supposed to express things that are outside of of spirit. Uh, I wouldn't say spirituality. It's kind of it's it's kind of promoted as a thing that is worldly. So you can talk about the material. You can talk about desires that are not based in religious things but like i said religion is everywhere in the society and because it's everywhere in society most of the time people had grown up with religion particularly with Lil Nas X because he is gay religion was used as a tool to ostracize him from that side of himself it was a it was a means to hurt him. You're gonna go to hell. You're an abomination. Homosexuals will not inhabit the, the kingdom of heaven. So religion was a it, it was a weapon. It was a weapon to him. And like I said. This is like the hundred times saying this, religion is a personal thing. This society is not considered, is not considered on paper a Christian society, but everything that we do, a lot of laws that we have, a lot of things that we use to express ourselves center around Christianity. Every each and one of, every each and one of us. We understand how things work because it's through, it was made through a Christian lens. The conservative versus the liberal. The liberal is trying to get away from more religious, theologic, um, kind, of, kind of getting away from theocratic rule. And the conservative wants to bring the traditional Christian values back. So even when we express ourselves politically, it's through religious means. That being said, religion runs religion runs everything. 
in this society and many societies. The reason why people, you know, like couldn't get married as gay people or as queer people was because of a law that says that a man and woman should be married because of religion. Many people weaponize religion against interracial relationships, against integration. The same kind of ideology was used during slavery and justifying why people should be enslaved. Why, you know, because the Canaanites and all, you know, the tribes of Ham and this is, they deserve to be in a subservient position. A lot of things were shaped by it. People who were anti-enslavers kind of focus on Christian values of the right to freedom. That you shouldn't be treating these people this way. Abolitionists were a lot of times were Quakers and their religion was based off of pacifism. So a lot of the push and pull in the society is based off of that. And so the people's minds psychologically you're seeing a world that whether you want it or not, it, it, religion affects you. And so you see as you see the world as a push and pull to religion. And so this is his view about how to express his relationship with God, his relationship with religion and his relationship with Christians or his relationship with people who practice Abrahamic religions and weaponizing religion. Uh, as a tool against his sexual orientation. So if you do not want religious imagery in pop culture, then you would have to get rid of the entire system in general because it's so omnipresent. People's whole lives are shaped by Christianity in this society. The way they see the world is through that. And whether they use the cross in a sexual manner and you could consider disrespectful, a lot of times their roots were based off of, like I said, this push and pull dynamic within the society regarding Christianity. So this is the way they perceive the world. This is the way they, they manifest their relationship to religion. And a lot of people are going to be offended by that because they're using it, especially people who are religion, religious, they are using religion in a way that they consider their doctrine to be sinful, to be anti-Christian, to be anti-religion. A lot of times sexual, and, and, a lot, and then what I also notice, I'm not gonna lie, is that particularly with this religious imagery is used in feminine, feminine sexualization is particularly horrible. Because back then they could have statues of, of just, you know, men with their chest out or the angels that look half naked and everything. And it doesn't consider sexual, but because we automatically deem females and femininity as sexual, like I said before, we hypersexualize that. So whether a male is making a, a feminine kind of like 
sort of like if they presented themselves in a feminine or what we deem as a feminine way then it's automatically sexual and i think that speaks more to our psyche about how we view women and how we view femininity than it is about the person themselves now i'm not going to say that Lil nas x wasn't trying to talk about uh, his sexuality or talk about sex because his life has been dominated around whether a person sees him as a gay person, as a human being, as a person that's worthy of respect. Like I said, on the basis of him being gay, him wanting to be with a man, whether it's romantically or sexually. And I think that when a person is like very dismissive about gay people or about LGBTQ people, you're being, you would also have to be dismissive of your own sexuality when you're saying that they can't present themselves or express it or say or do anything when they can't be open about themselves. You have to consider how is your sexuality in your life? Like how does sexuality affect your life? And the reason why you can't really think about that or imagine that is because you never had to have your sexuality questioned by society because it's something that is normal. So the fact that you can talk openly or have crushes and you have movies, hundreds, thousands of movies that are based off of your similar experience, that says something. The fact that you want a whole family with a picket fence and you want kids kids were made from yes heterosexual sex but you want that is because of your sexuality the fact that you want to dress up a certain way whether it's masculine or feminine and you want to try to promote yourself to get a mate that's sexuality and the little things that we don't often consider as well too the fact that we talk about puberty and how we're going to express that's all sexuality everything a lot of our society runs on sex whether it's that push and pull dynamic as well too, whether you're trying to run away from sex or you're trying to run to it, sex rules everything in our society. The fact that you don't want to say that you're a single mother because you don't know how this is, that is all based off of sexuality. The fact that you want a good man, you want a good wife or whatever like that, that is your sexuality. So gay people want the same things. And when you are silent or you dismiss their voices of concern about, hey, I'm unsafe. Hey, you're you're restricting me to express myself. Hey, you're you're being illicit to all the violence that is going on in their in this society against them. When you're just like, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna march for pride. You don't have to. Or I'm, you know, like, I don't really care. You know, I don't really care about whether they can get married or whatever. That's also, you're also implicit. You're implicit to the violence or to the worsening of of their experiences within the society. By you being dismissive or even being silent to things that, hurt or harm the lgbtq community and saying you don't care about it says a lot 
it says a lot more than uh, the person who is speaking negatively about people of this community. You are actively dismissing and restricting their voice. You're taking away their right to speak about their issues. You're taking their narrative and saying that because I don't live it and I don't really care about it, I'm going to toss it away. Your oppression does not matter to me. And I don't have one way or another, whether you have the right to get married, have your own kids, or have the right to live without being persecuted. I don't really care because it's not affecting me. Whatever. You don't have to necessarily do a post. You don't have to necessarily march. You don't have to necessarily even always listen to the music, their art, their entertainment. But I, what I will say is if you claim to be a person that is against oppression, who understands how the US society dim diminishes the value and the voices of Black Americans and, and people of color within the society, if you understand how patriarchal systems affect women and restrict women's access to different things and, you know, restrict their voices, then you understand how people who are heterosexuals may do the exact same thing to who, who are people, uh, to people who are of the LGBTQ community because they find their experiences invalid. They find their experiences an abomination or a threat to the saint, the sanction of their society. This, I guess like the sacredness to their society. If you understand how all of this goes on, then you are either indifferent or you're on the fence about things. Just listen, just listen. If you have a friend, a family member, or a person on YouTube that you have an affinity for, just listen to their experience. Just listen to what goes on around them. Just listen how they move through the world. Because we can always learn from someone we think are inferior to us. Because let's get it, let's get it right, right here. You think that a lot of them are inferior because they, 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 they live an alternative lifestyle to you. They live a lifestyle that a lot of people do not deem as a good lifestyle. The fact that I'm calling it a lifestyle and to you is just life. But that's, that's the type of wording that a lot of people use. And that's that subtle homophobia, the lifestyle. If you are a person who claims that they are against oppression, then just do me one thing. Just listen. Just listen to the people that are of that community within your life. Or even if they're not of the community, they just are. They just 
they just are. Maybe they're just not. They're just like, hey, like, I'm not ready to be a part of the community or I don't consider myself a part of the community. I just am. I'm just with a person of the same gender. Just listen to them. Listen how they listen to the experiences. Listen to how they had to hide themselves for fear of ostracization or, you know, outcast from not only their family, but their community, society, how it affected their psyche. Maybe sometimes how they wanted to commit suicide. Maybe how they got driven to drinking and alcohol because they had to be a person, be an imposter that they weren't. They weren't. Just listen. That is the first step. I'm not even saying for you to, to go on the picket fence and start, you know what I'm saying? And just start protesting and everything. And just, just listen, just listen. The same thing that we do to white people and say, can you just listen? You don't have to control the narrative of any, everything. You don't have this live experience. And I understand that you can't understand it from an empathetical, uh, empathetic kind of way. But you can understand from a point of a human being. How about you start sympathizing through just listening? And that's how I'm going to end. That's how I'm going to end this podcast.